0: Welcome to Book Reco's Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Reco's. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between.
1: And this week we are going back in time to our teenagers. Because yes, we were still bookworms back when we had those awful fringes and were obsessed with wearing clear mascara and sloping ug boots.
0: Yes, we thought it would be fun to discuss the books that defined our teenage years and shaped us into the readers that we are today, thankfully with Better Dress Sense. So, Jess, now that this is the first episode in June... What the hell, I can't believe it's June. How did that happen halfway through the (laughs) year? Um, That aside, what was your favourite book that you read in May then?
1: Oh, okay. Well, one that's like immediately popped into my head because I just had so much fun reading it was Dial A for Aunties
0: oh was, yeah that was a
1: good one we thought you it heard that it's so fun it's like so preposterous but also <laughs> like so believable so it's about a girl called meddy who is on a date and she accidentally kills her date as you do and so <laughs> she takes the body back to her mum and her three meddling aunties the reason she's on this day is because her mum set her up like a fake dating account (laughs) pretending to be her so like you can get the gist of like how meddling they are and bless their hearts they try and help behind the body because they are so (laughs) invested in her life. They're like, all right, we're doing this. And they also run the aunties. They all run a wedding company together because one of them is a florist, One of them is a baker. One of them is a hairstylist. So they were like, let's start this business, which I actually frigging love. (laughs) Um, And so they've got the busiest, biggest wedding they've ever done. All the while they're all carrying this dead body around. It's... It so is so fun. preposterous, but it is
0: just so bloody brilliant. It, it made me laugh so
1: much. Yeah, it's so tense as well. Like, I actually did a post just the other day that was, like, about fun crime because I'm obsessed with books yes, that are, did. like, super tense but then also frigging hilarious, and I don't care how far-fetched they are. Like, I just love it. So please, if you haven't already, read Dial-A for Aunties for an absolute hoot. Do it. Oh. Lauren, I think I know your one, which was another buddy read of ours, but I'll ask. It was was another buddy read of (laughs) ours.
0: It was Early Morning Riser. And actually, kind of links back to our conversation earlier of you and I went into Primrose Hill bookshop and it was the lady behind the counter who had said she'd just read this book and loved it so much so another one, another great reco from um, a bookshop owner and early morning riser is about um our protagonist jane who relocates to a very close-knit community in boyne city and she surprises herself by how very quickly she falls in love with this man called duncan and it turns out duncan has actually slept with pretty much every female in the city um and then one very fateful afternoon, Jane's life changes forever because there's a tragic accident and her un her family unit changes and she has this new life that she had you know didn't see coming at all. Oh my god, no need to take a deep breath because it was just so heart wrenching and bittersweet and it was a total emotional roller coaster for me. But in a very good way, um And as someone who um, has, I have a brother with Down syndrome and so I'm very aware of, you know, the pressures and what it takes to care for an, an adult throughout their life. And for me, this book was just like wrenching my heart from my chest the whole time, but in a way that made it feel... I don't know it like put a spotlight on, yeah it put a spotlight on carers and exactly what you know carers go through on a day-to-day basis when you're looking after a human being throughout their adult life as well as um, their childhood and I love that she gave a microphone to um, to you know to carers um, but yeah. we both loved it didn't we
1: loved it love like I hugely enjoyed it anyway it's it's so it's kind of like um i read love after love and it spans across quite a few years and you just jump from year to year and and like it doesn't matter that actually maybe you've lost two years in that time because the author just immediately brings you up to speed on the first page of the new chapter and yes like, okay cool time has passed and this is what's happened great we're in and i really <laughs> love it like it was so clever it's such a gorgeous gorgeous it book is. And, and they're like the blur- it's, well. I mean I've talked about the blurbs lying but this one um I don't mind because the book's so gorgeous but it didn't mention half of the stuff that happened on the blurb did it Lauren no
0: it didn't and I actually would have quite liked a little forewarning of that's the subject matter that we're tackling in this book because it can be quite triggering for somebody um if you're you know going through caring for someone yeah Yeah, especially in a pandemic yeah, exactly. Totally different. Um but I'd say if you like Elizabeth Stroud's writing, um, for example, like Olive and Olive Again and that series, then you would love the writing style of this book because it very much explores the extraordinary moments that make an ordinary ordinary life, um, and really hones in on those those everyday details that you take for granted in life and it's it's really special. I, I think I'd go so far as say this will be in my top 10 books this year.
1: Oh, we love to see it.
0: Oh, I love to foresee <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> I don't remember if I told you this, but I saw this maybe on Instagram and it's so cool. It's about how the YA genre was formed. Did I tell you? No, you didn't. Okay, well, uh, it was female librarians, already off to a winner, and they could see that they had lots of children interested in reading coming into the library and then lots of adults, and that they were kind of losing these people in their teenage years because no libraries were actively inviting rowdy teenagers in. So they started taking books from the different sections that they thought maybe this is good for an older child and this is good for a young adult. And they made a section in, I think it was the New York Public Library, and that it started to invite teenagers. And then from there people started writing books for young adults. I love How that. Cool. Such a trendsetter. And of course it was a woman who came up with that idea.
0: Obviously. <laughs> so we're kicking off our discussion with this week with the books that defined our teenagers. And I feel like we both had a bit of an eclectic style to or a mix of genres that we both loved when we were teenagers and for me the books that really defined my adolescence was all and still is all of Marianne Keyes's books and I think it was my mum who introduced me to Marianne Keyes and I remember reading her books whilst I was on the beach on a family holiday for example and just feeling like such a little adult because I was reading the books that my mum was reading and oh my god yes I loved it um the first book of hers I read was called watermelon have you read any of her books I can't remember
1: no, thanks for outing me. Um, I have watermelon on my shelves because I want to read them. And you were like, oh, that's the first one. Yeah. Um, but I haven't. I'm sorry. Oh. oh, let me hear what you have to say. And that might give me the bush I need to actually pick it up.
0: So watermelon. Oh, God, it, it's been so, so, so many years since i read it. But it was it is the gateway drug for all Marianne Keys books. It's about, so all of her books follow this family of the Walshes who live in Ireland and they're a massive family of with lots of siblings and eccentric parents and your traditional Irish family. And each book is from the perspective of a different member in the family which is why I loved the book so much growing up because in one book you hear about Claire and you get so invested in Claire's life in Watermelon and what happens to her and then you'll read another book and it will be from the perspective of Rachel for example so it's you really feel like you're invested in their family dynamic and in their relationship and in Watermelon It's about Claire, as I said, and she, it starts with the birth of her child um, and it looks like from the outside that she's got, you know, everything that she could have ever wished for. She's got a loving husband, just had a newborn baby and things are going, you know, perfectly well for her. And then one day um, her husband leaves her and she's on her own raising a child and you know feeling like her life has fallen apart and it's just explores like the dynamic of a single mother and um and how she raises the child and like grows her independence again and it's just so so beautiful
1: I love that and then so then if you read like one of her other books then it mentions Claire, and you yes. you know her backstory. Yes, like, Claire's, exactly. Claire's doing well after everything she went through in Watermelon. Or, I you know. know so you
0: like you don't need to read them in order by any means, and you don't need to have read one book to understand another book. But um, they do like dip in and out of their lives, so you could read. A different book and then hear about claire and like oh that's what she's doing now so yes. it is it's really wholesome i love
1: it oh that sounds great and actually this makes sense because michael joseph sent us copies of grown-ups they did and there's a family tree in the front yes which is huge <laughs> so, so this makes a lot more sense to me now I was like oh my god is this all in one book and we have to learn but actually it's because it's all of the books in
0: a web Sort of, because Grown Ups is her most recent book which came out a couple of years ago. And actually this book looks into a totally different family. It's the Casey's as opposed to the Walshs oh. So she's like starting started fresh. And the Casey family, um, they appear to I've read this book before and it's coming out in paperback, so um it's a good opportunity to to dig into it now if you haven't already and it's about the Casey family who on the outside appear to be this perfect extended family who are all like involved in each other's lives like the cousins the aunts the uncles they always have really elaborate holidays and dinners together on Friday nights but then Ed Casey's wife Cara gets a concussion at one of the dinner parties and all of a sudden just starts blurting out these harsh truths about everyone around the table and then the book sort of goes back in time to you know a few weeks months years prior to see how they ladded up to that moment and where all of those harsh truths come from so it's like your like expected complex gritty dysfunctional family ma- narrative that you can expect from Marianne Keys, but her characters are always so real and lovable um to the point that when I ever finish a book from her I always miss the characters afterwards oh so your
1: Marianne Keys is my Sophie Kinsella yes oh my god yes yeah yeah Becky That's Bloomwood a great analogy, is analogy. actually like She's almost as much of my best friend as you are. Like, I love her. Um, that's Becky Bloomer from the Shopaholic series. For anyone that hasn't read it, like, you you so will not regret reading this series. It's so enjoyable. Becky is a shopaholic, and she gets herself in these ridiculous situations that, can, that are usually related to her shopping habits. Um, and there's a whole series of so many books, and, you know, it's her, like going through marriage and having a child and getting a job and moving to America at one point. Mm. Oh my God, it's so good. I actually only, so I read them all throughout my teens and was obsessed, read them lots of times actually. But then I read Christmas Shopaholic this Christmas oh, just yeah, gone. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh my God, I just had the absolute time of my life. I Did was you? like, I'm back with all my friends. This is so lovely. Hi, Suze. Like literally having the best time and And she also has so many other books outside the shopaholic series that are so good as well like standalone ones
0: and when you were reading it at christmas time were you transported back to your teenage years and like what was going on in your life when you were reading them
1: not so much what was going on in my life because when i'm in a sophie kinsella book there's pretty much no outside world (laughs) yeah like what what is life outside of the book because it's so engrossing um But yeah, it was just so good. I could like totally picture my bookshelves in my teenage bedroom with like all of the books lined up. And I was like, oh, if I still had them now, then I could just slide (laughs) Christmas Shopaholic in there. Um, Although I say that, but my shelves, one end was lots of pinks and purple. We had the shop, Red Sophie Kinsella books. Um, I was really into Lindsay Kelk's I Heart New York series, which I know is still going now, actually, I think. Um, And then the other half of it was loads of dark covers because i was heavily into dystopian so it's clearly having a bit of like an identity crisis you were a little bit i remember that phase huge i mean still hugely obsessed with hunger games i won't go into that i'm sure everyone knows what it's about divergent was another one so into that read them a few times uh and also mortal instruments bit of fantasy that that was six books i was heavily invested in yeah that's dedication six book series yeah, I love I love a series and I still do. I really loved them back then because you just get so completely lost in them. But yeah, mm. I still love a series today. Um, I'd actually love to talk about two lesser-known series that I don't really see anyone talking about, and they Ooh. are so good and deserve to be talked about. Is that okay if I hog the mic? Please or? do. Okay, cokey. So the first one is um, Blood Red Road. And the, the series is called the Dusselin series. It's by Moira Young. And I went into a bookshop that really sadly no longer exists. But I had read Hunger Games and was like, right, I, I've finished all three books. Like, I need to find something else. And the guy in the shop was like, right, well, if you try Blood Red Road, this is, you know, reminiscent of Katniss Everdeen from Hunger Games. And, oh, my God, I'm so glad because I never would have known about this book otherwise. But it's... <laughs> about a girl called Sabah and her twin brother gets taken. And it's kind of like Mad Max, post-apocalyptic kind of world that they live in. And so she sets off on this, like, dusty trail. It's a quest on horseback, Lauren. (laughs) We've already touched on that I love them. And... She sets off to go and find him, basically. And there's, like, she gets kidnapped herself at one point. She becomes a cage fighter. Then she gets caught up with the this, like, group of rebel girls. And then she also finds love at one point, And she's got a crush. And I'm trying to not give anyone anything away. But it's basically mm. about her trying to find the, like, new world. And it's across three books. And the characters are so great. She's such a great protagonist i will say that it's written kind of how she talks which takes a little while to get your head around but i okay. thought it was actually really cool like so i pulled the book off my shelf so i could try and explain myself so for example because it's spelled b-e-c-u-z okay and bean which is usually b-e-n is b-i-n b-i-n-o-b um, yeah like bin um which, but so i love to it.
0: almost read it phonetically
1: yeah, that's pretty much like they they've she's written it how the character would pronounce it because okay. it's written from her perspective. So it's so cool. You literally read the whole thing with like kernel like this sort of voice. I loved it. <laughs> it was so great. Do you find yourself thinking in
0: that accent then when you put the book down? <laughs> I yes. think I would. Um, yeah. oh, I love so that. Good. And I love that you went into a bookshop and Asked, I've just finished this series. I was absolutely obsessed with it. What do you recommend? Because you don't get that when you buy books online, and that is the real beauty of going into a bookstore and asking for you know advice on what your next read should be. Yeah, I love and it. And you know what
1: was so great? This was a like man, maybe like fifty, sixty years old, and he like knew about love that YO books. Like how cool? Like he he knew his shit. Oh,
0: so all good. thanks
1: to those women. Yeah. In the New York library.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um a series actually that I quite liked growing up was Knots and Crosses and I'm sure many people will be familiar with the series um but for those who aren't it is it's set in an alternative reality where Cephi is a cross and she's a member of the dark-skinned ruling class and Callum is a nought who is a white-skinned or colourless member of the underclass who were once slaves to the crosses um so the two Sephi and Callum have been friends like their whole lives since early childhood because Callum's family or his mother was or is um, sort of a maid in Sephi's household. So they've sort of been raised up alongside each other but aren't really allowed to be friends. And it's when they grow older and they start forming a friendship that the world starts, you know, seeing... You know, lines where they shouldn't be allowed to cross together. And against a background of, you know, the prejudice and distrust, it's also highlighted um, moments of terrorist activity. And of course, what makes the series so great is Effie and Callum sort of build a romance together. And it's so beautiful and it just gets so dramatic. And there are just so many moments in that book which really made me think of the world that we live in today Um, and for example there's a moment where Callum or they talk about plasters and Callum can't find a plaster to um, match Match his his white skin tone and that's only really something for the black community that has recently been confronted in our society today so it just really
1: yeah this is why I was shocked because so you read these 10 maybe over 10 years ago and I only read them in like November just gone so you were shocked at the time being like oh my god they don't have the right colour plasters but then I was reading it in present day being like oh my God, this was written so long ago and there still isn't the right coloured plaster. So yeah. you had this like outrage at the time and mine was that, that still nothing had been done. Yeah, and it's it's just, or, or
0: something's been done but it's not mainstream and normalised enough, which is just shocking. And for anyone who hasn't watched the BBC adaptation of Ooh, I haven't. Noughts and Crosses, I urge you to go and watch it because it has just been done so Beautifully, and Callum and Seffi are exactly how I imagined them in the books, so it's perfect. And I really liked that they casted um, actors who aren't very well known at all. So you really did feel like these this was Seffi and Callum brought to life, and there was no sort of backstory that you had for them watching them on screen. And it's just brilliant. And I think they've got the next book coming out as the TV adaptation soon as well.
1: Well, I wonder if they'll do book four because that was a huge disappointment.
0: I See, I didn't read book four.
1: I think I stopped at book three. Oh, well, book four is like a completely different plot. Was it? Yeah. It's, I just didn't know. I was like, what? Sorry, I was so hooked. The premise of this series is so amazing. And the first few books, like I read them, I read the first three, three in one weekend it was the november lockdown like i had no life and there was no daylight hours and then i got to like book four and i was like can't wait here we go and was like what this is nothing to do with the rest of them oh no what a disappointment i know but i do want to so she only in like the last two years i want to say 2019 i have no idea if that's correct but she brought out knife edge like she she wrote the fifth book like loads of years later and i do want to read that despite the tragedy of book four I mean, Mallory Blackman is just
0: an absolute hero. I think her writing is brilliant. Oh so, yeah, okay,
1: like book four was still a great story in its own right. But it just, just didn't seem to link to the Didn't rest need to be book. part of the series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it still has like some of the characters, but yeah, for me, it was like, what, what have you done? Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, I just love a series. You can get so lost. Oh, and hang on. Another series I need to talk about. Yeah. That again, I I literally see no one talking about these, but it's the Gone series by Michael Grant. Oh, my God. I've read this series three times and I know I'm going to read it again. It is about a town where there's, all of a sudden, there's like a click and everyone over the age of 15 disappears and a (gasps) dome builds over the town that you can't see out of and everyone's like what the hell is going on so it's all Mm -hmm. these kids and they're like they're like what do we do now like there's loads of babies so one of the teenagers is just like okay well I guess I'll start looking after all the babies and there's another one that's like well we need to eat food so he just goes into the McDonald's and started flipping burgers and then like kind of oh my god and then he creates a currency and like they have to all go out for jobs and, like, some of them become fishermen and, like, they all just kind of have to, like, start running this town. But obviously they're all teenagers, so it's pretty Lord of the Flies, which, side by I friggin' love. <laughs> and, they're, you know, obviously, like, some of them are, like, looting and doing all these things. And there is also that some of them have started to form special powers in the last few months and haven't really told anyone about it. But now they all start to need to use their powers to be able to live in this new weird world Ooh. with no adults and then like what happens when you turn 15 oh, they God, don't know yeah. and then people start turning 15 like there's six books six and like, at one... wow six yeah and at one point like they start losing daylight and like another and another one like some animals around town start like mutating and that's like another problem they have to deal with and oh my I don't want to give anything away. You need mm. to read them all. Like, it, it's such an incredible series. Um, oh, I just wish everyone would read them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really seen... No, I think because he's... I don't know, he's an American author, but that, that doesn't mean much because we read loads of books by American authors, but mm. really, really good. Love it. Yeah. Are there any YA books that you've read as an adult that you had wished to have read as a teenager? Yes,
0: quite a few actually. I think the first one that springs to mind is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Mm. I read that last year and Five Star, I loved it so much. It's, um, if you haven't read it before, it's about Star who lives in what she calls the ghetto of Garden Heights and attends school in the upper class privileged area of Williamsburg which is a very white area and as a result she's having to constantly switch between those two very different worlds and therefore two very different versions of her own personality And any feelings of, like, normalising the two personas become shattered when she witnesses the shooting of her best friend Khalil at the hands of a police officer. And obviously, with everything that's going on in America at the moment with the police and shooting of um, black people, it was a book last year that, oh, it just made me feel it so rawly and I oh yeah it gave me every single emotion that you'd want when reading a book and also opened my eyes up to a lot of my own privilege as well so I would 100% have loved to have read that as a child and Angie Rose actually has a new book out now called Concrete Rose um sorry Angie Thomas has a new book out called Concrete Rose which is precursor to the hate you give and it looks at her dad's life maverick carter and you know his backstory of how he got to where he is today so i really do want to read that one this year as well
1: oh my god yeah oh i love it when authors do that
0: Mm. you're not expecting it
1: yeah oh that's and that probably sounds like another great one for teenagers to read
0: yeah what about you are there any books that you've read as an adult that you'd have loved to have read as a teen
1: Yes, I read um, Full Disclosure by Cameron Garrett. That is about a girl called Sonome, who uh, Sonome mm-hmm. Simone, who is HIV positive, and she has hey, right. to flee from her old school because everyone found out. So she's at this new school. She doesn't want to tell anyone, and it's going really well for her. There's like a boy that likes her. She's involved in the um, the like musical at the school, and then she starts getting anonymous notes in her locker threatening to expose her. And firstly, it's hugely enjoyable. There are so many references to musicals because she loves musicals. So that's (laughs) so great. But I think talking about HIV in a YA book was just so clever because I learned so much I didn't know. And I've gone on to read other books. Like I read um, The Great Believers, which is an adult adult book about um, it's set around the time of like the Stonewall riots and like I already knew so much about HIV because I'd read a YA book that explained it all really clearly and like with all the necessary emotions and so Love now that. I'm reading other books and I'm like yep totally know about that so I, like I think anyone any age should read it obviously it's set in high school and like there's a lot of like teenage drama in it but for all the knowledge that you can gain mm. from it I think it's definitely one for adults to read but then equally like so great that Loads of young adults can learn about this so early on and in such an enjoyable way. Such a good book. Yeah, I, I really love that. And I
0: love that books, particularly when you are a young adult, can be the sources where you do get such important life information from that isn't necessarily being taught in the way that it should be in your classes at school. Yeah. And they're just, you know, you don't want to have an awkward conversation on hrv with your parents maybe but you can get the information from a book and also be immersed in like a really empathetic storyline around it as well i think that's really powerful
1: yeah oh it's so good that's a reco. everyone Goodbye buy that book yes hugely that, enjoyable that sounds great
0: <laughs> um there are also then some books that aren't classified as ya but would be good for teens to read and the book that I immediately think of is Stronger by Porna Bell because yes. I wish Teenage me could read that book. There were so many. You and I have already done, spoken at length about this book a lot, and yeah, like a twenty-five-minute
1: IGTV on our
0: Instagram so Yes, yeah, so please <laughs> you can all go and
1: check
0: that out. We can put that in the show notes actually, so you oh, yeah. can go and watch that because we do dig into so many of the incredible topics that Porna explores in that book in further detail. But I, yeah, it was just such an empowering read around. The psychology of working out and getting stronger, and what stronger means for a woman, and you know, you you sort of call a woman who's strong someone who is mentally strong, but why do we not um, associate strength, as in physical strength, with women? And that's very much the topic that she explores in that book throughout. And it was yeah. just, I'd love to have read that as a as a kid
1: yeah and it's also so inclusive like she covers every single topic so she covers uh race age ability then she also discusses the importance of mental health like literally name a woman Mm. she's covered in this she's represented Yeah, yeah like and so i feel like if you were a teenager and maybe you were going to go to the gym for the first time i don't know you'd go in being much less judgy yourself and also Mm. like okay well i know i have a place here even if i am one of these you know different ability different size different age whatever it might be oh it's just so good we could actually talk about it for ages maybe (laughs) (laughs) i would happily talk to you yeah i really could i even so we got sent proof copies and now i have the finished copy like had to buy that absolute no-brainer absolutely um Oh, another one we actually, which we actually read around the same time in um, March. If you went, if you didn't follow us on Instagram, a or one at the time
0: for we,
1: we celebrated International Women's Day for a month and only read books written by women. Um, so we found we read stronger that month, and then we also read mm, another absolute favourite, Ordinary Wonder, which we we could also talk about for years. We'll, we'll try and narrow it down, but it's um, it's set in Nigeria and it's a coming of age story about Otto who is an intersex twin who's forced to live as a boy despite knowing in their heart that they are a girl, just like their twin sister. And Otto believes that by doing well in school, they'll be able to get a scholarship to study in America where there is the science and medicine for the surgery that could help them. So I guess because it's teenage years and Mm. set in a school, that just really lends itself to YA, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: totally. And also like forming your identity and if you're not sure about whether you've been born into the right body that it's okay that is totally normal and if you're feeling like if you're when you're feeling not normal reading it on page just helps to normalize your own experience and oh yeah especially
1: with the supportive characters that are in this book like I feel like it might make people feel braver or have more courage yeah. in themselves honestly like there is a character in this book who is like mr honey yeah i <laughs> miss like yeah like you know mr. Mr. Honey from and miss honey and from matilda this is mr honey yeah. <laughs> he's just so supportive and goes above and beyond what's expected of him as a teacher oh we love him mr d we all need mr d in our lives for sure yeah it's honestly such a good book it's like So heartwarming and then so terrifying and sad in other places. Like it's just the perfect balance. Oh, what a book. What a book. Well, as we've already touched on, I'm in disbelief that it is June. Mad. Not true. Madness. So, congrats to the winner of last month's competition with Books That Matter. Your box should be with you soon. Yay! And if you missed out, never
0: fear, because you can enter now to win their June box, which celebrates pride and queer narratives. It's a gorgeous, it's got a gorgeous notebook and pop socket designed by B, Illustrates, a non-binary artist, and a Miss Patisserie bath slab, which smells oh so incredible. Of course, you need a snack too, so there's a huge bag of ballers, which are vegan chocolates.
1: And you love a bit of vegan chocolate. Mm-mm. Of course there is a book in the box oh, yes. and this book is How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Panzang, which follows two siblings who are growing up in the gold rush era and they're discovering their identities and it sounds flipping amazing Ooh. I cannot wait to read it So if you want to be in with
0: a chance of winning there are two ways to enter If like me you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts then subscribe, leave a rating and review and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review
1: so we can contact you that way And if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories tagging at bookrecos so we, we can count your entry that way. Entries for the June
0: box are open until the 28th of June and the winner will be announced on our Instagram on June
1: 30th. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But good news, it's a monthly competition, so we'll enter you into the current month's box. Good luck. much for your support on the first month of our podcast and for all your entries and your lovely, lovely reviews. And huge congrats to the winner of a May Books That Matter box. Yes, thank you
0: so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please subscribe, rate and leave us a review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us to know that you've enjoyed
1: it. And of course, you can share it with your reading buddy too. And you can give us a follow on Instagram at bookrecos for, funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week